0: Are we friends or are we industry friends?
1: And be honest,
0: be honest with me. I, I feel like it might my be the latter. My
1: opinion is I don't know that you need to qualify the term friends. I often say friend and colleague or colleague and friend. And Former if colleague. I suppose you're yeah. not necessarily a friend because all of our colleagues aren't good friends, of course, then I simply would say introduce as my colleague, whether via email or so I would say yeah. that we are friends.
0: And we also our
1: colleagues,
0: way too complicated an answer for Okay, thanks. Hey, folks, Gavin Roth here with another episode of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing. Sponsored by the program, your guide to finding and watching women's sports online and on television subscribe to the weekly newsletter at theprogram.substack.com spend a few minutes in allison walker's orbit and you can't help but be impressed if i were to distill her many hallmarks down i'd say drive tenacity courage and smarts so it should come as no surprise that she has ascended to the chief commercial officer seat at one of the gaming industry's most dynamic organizations, Overactive Media Group. Her journey has been full of cool twists and turns, including a stint in the travel sector and stops at CHUM, the 2010 Olympic Media Consortium, the COC and MLSE. We were colleagues on the 2010 games where I often relied on Allison to help sell through digital content integration opportunities to the likes of Bell McDonald's, GM Purolator, and more. We cover lots of ground in our chat, including how Allison landed a role at the 2010 Media Consortium, and how she was part of a dynamic team that drove innovation in digital content and sponsor integration. Her mentors, with a shout out to Chris Overholt, Marianne Turk, and Stacey Allister, with a great story, by the way, of how she pursued Stacey for mentorship. A deep dive into her move to overactive, her mandate, and the opportunity to grow and learn around IPOs and new venues. Insights into some of their partnerships with the likes of Bell, Red Bull, and TD. What excites Allison about the future, including the emergence of women in the esports world and industry consolidation. We even touch on her days playing ultimate frisbee at the highest levels. Trust me, Google it. And how she was able to blend elite athleticism with her natural leadership skills. And talks of maybe coming out of retirement for a final run. Plus her role with WISE, a group that helps women in the sport and events sector reach the senior executive ranks. We end with a masterclass on professional development. Including the importance of storytelling and how women should stop saying sorry in the workplace. You'll leave informed and inspired. I hope you enjoy. And for more episodes of the Influencers of Sponsorship Marketing, follow me on LinkedIn, visit Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or check out RothRevenue.com. Your career journey is where I want to start. Like, what what's your motivation for Pursuing a career in sports and media, you've had a great uh, number of roles. Um, you know, I won't kind of repeat everything, but uh, you know, how did you get into that space? What motivated mm-hmm.
1: you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for asking. And and I didn't say this earlier because I didn't know if we were rolling or not rolling. But I love this flowy
0: roll. Yeah, I, I'm I am... gonna pull. I'm gonna pull something from this flowy roll as my new cold open. So stay tuned. Uh, Yeah, I'm
1: certainly humbled to be here, and thank you, Gav, Um, and uh, particularly because I listened to many of your previous episodes, and a lot of those people I would consider friends and colleagues and have so much respect for. So Um, I was thinking about this recently, and uh, we just talked about hockey. I I like to split it up into periods or use analogies. So Mm. far, um, at my ripe age, I, I I break it into threes in terms of my career journey so far. The first, I would say, was the experience phase, and I really... I really knocked that one out of the park. Um, in my, I'll call it 20s, I graduated early from high school knowing I could take a year in Whistler as a lifty before I went to university. I went to McGill, I played soccer, skied on the ski team. I tree planted for six years through it to pay for school, traveled Southeast Asia and Europe. I landed in Switzerland in my mid early 20s running a ski program in the winters post university. And then at this amazing company called Butterfield and Robinson, a luxury biking company, whose tagline is slow down to see the world. And really, I did that. Um, and that was all experience. And i had many traditional people in my lives not my parents. My parents were really supportive. I was paying my own bills. But many people said, when are you going to get a real job? And those were all jobs or, or education. And they were amazing. And I still tell stories, clearly. We're talking about it today. But then um, I remember being at Butterfield Robinson in the office. I was a trip planner. And the Twin Towers were hit September 4- 11th, 20, 2001. And I thought to myself, gosh, what would I do if I ran this travel company and the travel industry was shut down? I mean, I literally had no business fundamentals. I had no idea. And so I enrolled to do my MBA at the Rotman School. So this is what I would call my second phase in my 30s, the fundamentals stage. And I did a full time MBA at Rotman. I had done a science degree at McGill and I dove right in as I do in my life I, of course, was into my courses. I mean, classes went from 250 people at McGill to 25 to 30 people. I could talk to my profs. It was all very applicable, obviously, business and strategy and marketing. And um, I was part of every committee, played Frisbee. I did it all. Uh, In the summer, I worked at the consulting group, the school, the student consulting group. So the school is kind enough to give you an office, five of you, and they say, off you go. There is literally zero revenue, zero tools go and talk to people in the world out there and tell them that you'll work for them for cheap you'll do market research you'll it was amazing it was that first day i remembered thinking in my mind and not saying it out loud i mean really what am i doing here and then of course we went on to to generate i think it was about 500,000 dollars that summer split Whoa. by us i mean it was it was significant luckily we got a good a big deal um and record breaking for that little consulting group and so so many great lessons and then I think the, based on my my sports background, I I was um, accepted into the RBC Capital Markets Generalist Program, and I remember my colleagues saying, you know, why you. I also remember my finance prof. It's a terrible Co-
0: name, by the way, RBC Capital, Capital Markets Generalist, generalist Program. Program. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. It was we'll it
1: literally it. was generalist because most of us who got in knew nothing about finance, so they acknowledged <laughs> that we need some people that know nothing. I come from the travel industry. And uh, one of my profs had always said, uh, you know, as a woman, go into those interviews and know that the man that goes in before you is says, hire me, I'm ready. And so you have a choice to make. You either go in and say, hire me, hire me, I'm ready. Or you don't, but you won't get the job. And so Mm. many amazing people along the way. But uh, that was a really, really great experience for me working in debt capital markets, money markets, foreign exchange on the trading floor at RBC. There were about 400 people and I think seven women and I remember thinking, wow. why are there so few women? And then it slowly occurred to me that after talking to the seven women and those that had left previously, women actually filing
0: them, yeah. filing them one by one, yeah.
1: Women actually self-select themselves out of that environment because they just don't—they don't necessarily want to deal with it all. It's not that they're not capable, uh, but yeah. the most important part um, was really that I knew I, I loved the revenue generation and and drew energy from that, but I wanted to be in a more creative industry. And so did a lot of deep soul searching and I had a, a career coach and talked to a lot of my profs and ultimately ended up moving to media, which is, uh, I went to Chum Television. I was very lucky. That was a very flat organization, very entrepreneurial. I mean, Moses and I wasn't running the entirety of the org, but certainly started City and much. And um, Jay Switzer was the CEO. He was very open to to everybody doing their part to continue to grow the org. And so I, my job was content business development, and I was charged with going to find new opportunities with our brands that complemented traditional advertising, um, but weren't obviously the same. And so we took our brands, particularly Much Music City, and we went and um, created an online interactive television show. We generated a million dollars a year in ringtones, if you can believe it now, we would download a ringtone. <laughs> You're making we, me think
0: of uh, my WWE days. We did a partnership with with Bell before I ever worked with Bell, Bell, Bell uh, Mobility. and we had downloaded WWE entrance music as ringtones as one of the features. So uh,
1: I awesome? know
0: I know ringtones. Oh, yeah, ringtones are pretty powerful, little uh, little customizable tools.
1: A side yeah, story about ringtones. We, um, at that time, Bell and uh, Bell Media, Bell Mobility, and Rogers mm-hmm. were they were, um, exclusively the folks that we would work with from a ringtone standpoint. Obviously, they had mobile phones, and they sort of were in a comfortable position. Where we're like, well, there's nobody else, so you'll go, mm-hmm. you won't go anywhere else. It wasn't that they contractually, I think the contract was up, and we said, well, we're going to go and shop this around to an MVNO, to another partner. And they're like, there's no way. You're never going to do that. And we went and did a deal with Amped Mobile, which was an MVNO as part of the TELUS network. And Rogers and Bell were so shocked. I have to compliment <laughs> Maria Hale, my former boss, who then went on to work at Chorus. She's an amazing woman. She said, watch us. And we did it. And there were calls to senior people. But it, it was more just they were surprised that these two women would go and do this deal. Love and again, it. great learnings. And then CTV acquired us. And so um, we're getting close to you and I meeting. I would say I then started to move into my phase three, which was really sports and media. As you well know, CTV acquired the rights for the Vancouver and London Olympics from a broadcast standpoint. And I immediately started, I don't know I don't know if you know this part, but I immediately started pitching Keith Pelley, who was there. And I believe Elan Markovich was one of the first. And yes. I was pitching them and Elan would say, well, what do you think we should do about digital? And yeah, put in our org chart together because and when I was you on... say
0: pitching them you not not to get a job you were pitching them to use kind of no I
1: was pitching them to get a job I wanted to, to work get to the Olympics
0: got it got and, it got
1: and it. for a long time I always tell people because they they sometimes think that I sort of land in these great jobs but I pitched for a long time and then ultimately Alon introduced me to you the VP of sales for Canada's wow. Olympic Broadcast Media Consortium
0: and yeah, the rest boy, is history faithful. well yeah that's it's funny because i've charted your career and it was that moment where it just skyrocketed i i didn't you know anyway but thanks
1: <laughs> no. thanks in part to you we had <laughs> no. a, we the we, vancouver games were truly career defining for me i mean i loved every moment the ups the downs we went through so much together the challenges so many breakthroughs so many breakthroughs having the digital lounge where George Cope and other CEOs would walk through and and we displayed on massive screens, the broadcast feed versus the digital stream. And seeing that those were equal, I mean, it wasn't necessarily the first moment for these large company CEOs, but yeah. it certainly was an, an, epif- an epiphany moment. The Vancouver Games, at 2010 timeframe, some of the work we did from a digital standpoint with you know, post game shows, post game hockey shows. You'll remember on we'd we'd go from the broadcast feed to a digital feed because we had so mm-hmm. much happening on the broadcast. Uh, some of the amazing things we did for partners from an integration standpoint, in addition, obviously to their
0: totally. so, to their, so, their media. So, 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 couple things. One is what, backing up a sec. What what gave you what I find fascinating is you moved from such a different space um into your first job uh, in, in in with chum so what kind of like was that a posting and you said i could do this or did somebody find you and say because you weren't doing anything like that before mm-hmm. and i love i love hearing those stories where you just kind of did a complete you know pivot yeah, absolutely um, yeah
1: it's a great question and it's something i talk about with a lot of um younger people that I talked to about their careers, the ability to take knowledge and experience that isn't exactly the same and transfer it to something else is really so powerful because as a hiring person, you're really looking for someone who can come in, hit the ground running and go and that you don't have to train up and you don't have to explain everything of course you have to explain that the organization Uh but that stuff comes quickly so this role i was looking there's no doubt and as i said i i was working with um a career coach alan i remember him alan um career joy was the name of it that really great guy and he was helping to sort of to path this course you know what what are your strengths what are you interested in where do you thrive what types of industries um, and so I can't remember exactly how this job posting came across my desk, but they, it certainly I had to go after it. Mm. But because it was revenue generation, you know, building relationships, strategically thinking about bus- business models. And I had done some of that. Yes. I see uh, it that. was it was very, um, you know, the transferable skills were obvious. And then. I, I obviously had done some practicing and I do, I am a preparation person. I learned that from our friend, Brian Williams, you know, you have to be ready for anything. And <laughs> so I suppose I, I came in confident enough that um, Maria felt that I could, I could really run this file on my own. She was busy doing a whole oh, bunch of other things. It. So yeah, it was. Yeah, really because
0: I, I I've said this many times that, and you just exactly echoed that a second ago that hiring managers uh, and I, I I'll say it slightly negative way, they, they lack courage, like when when they they want somebody to have that same path, that same background so that they can defend internally why they hire this people. So I love it when I hear somebody says I see something in you, I see transferability in what you've done, even though you haven't been in media before, or you haven't been in digital media before, but there's other transferable skills. So I, I thought I just wanted to kind of revisit that. And then the second thing as you talk through that journey is a, a lot of the coaching and training I do, I talk about team selling, the importance of team selling. Nobody's perfect, but a team can be. And you are one of my best um, partners in crime that way because uh, back to our, our term generalist, I think I've been one of the ultimate generalists you know mm-hmm. throughout my career I've never been the the best at anything but I'm you know I'm, I'm just like connecting people and 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 all that is is what I like to do but there comes time where I'm over my head of course and if I was are. going in if I was going in sitting with a digital savvy buyer on anything we were doing around the 2010 games uh, I, I'd go back to WWE days. I'd reach my hand over to the ropes and tag Allison Walker <laughs> in, you know, as my tag team partner, come and and, and i just sit back and let you do your thing and, uh, and or Elon if you weren't available. Mm-hmm. And I see such value in that, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we, you we are, see you that. Awesome. We'll get
1: there in the career journey. But uh, in esports over active media, I mean, we're in a new industry, new brands, new teams, new everything. And we need, a multidisciplinary team, first of all, functionally, but that bring an attitude of we can do this and we can we can continue to persevere beyond challenge because it's not easy building from the ground up. I mean, think of traditional sport leagues that have been around for, you know, tens of like almost 100 years in some cases. So, yeah, it's really important that you have that team. I, I think those of us that come with either team experience are just a natural Team orientation really thrive in in the corporate world for that reason.
0: Yeah, well said. Um, so people along that journey that kind of stood out to you. Um, you know, we I think we've touched on some of the highlights you you mentioned during that. But uh, I just love hearing about who and you've mentioned a couple names already uh, that mm-hmm. stand out that stand out that supported you, inspired you,
1: absolutely you know, that kind of thing. I'm because
0: because I know you're doing that for a lot of people of course, now. Of course, of yeah. course. Um, well, well, you shouldn't have said, of course, that that sounds a little bit. Well, but
1: of anyway, course, it's, it's obvious to me, of course you you <laughs> that's the purpose in life. And those that's that have why. supported and helped me. You know, the work is is the work and we love the impact that we have no, But in, to bring the, the next generation along is, is just oh, amazing. I, oh, as course. an aside, I, I played Ultimate Frisbee at a very high level and was very lucky, mostly because the women that played before me changed the trajectory of women's sport in Frisbee. Another new one didn't start till the 70s. And I'm always so grateful. And they they showed us what competitive women's ultimate was all about.
0: So Oh, uh, oh, listener, listener uh thank you for going there because i bugged you non-stop about that when we were working together but it was mostly because of jealousy um <laughs> but but uh look her up allison walker P, I know because i i do some work consulting in that that for the audl um is a legend in in the in the ultimate and it is that's serious athleticism people and uh yeah I, i'm glad you brought that up because I you know, you hear people talk about it, but when you start looking around and asking people and you hear how how good you were, uh, oh God, do you ever do you ever do you ever get out? In, that uh, is a like, great is question. there a senior circuit?
1: So first, I need to say talk about a team sport. I mean, I yeah. just said the women that came before me, my teammates, my everybody. I mean, the, you do not you cannot win on the frisbee field alone and so I met some great people so we have this amazing recreational team so that was touring that was competitive we won a world championship we won multiple national championships good friends from there but the recreational scene in Toronto has you know Wednesday night beer leagues and a Mm. bunch of us of course always played and I don't know if our our competitors appreciated it but we'd sort of stroll in and anyway our (laughs) team's called Red Eye I need to shout out and we've won ten nine toronto ultimate club championships and are chasing the coveted 10th i have not played since 2011 so we're over 10 years and the emails come out every year and and we're um we've all committed to go for a 10th i think it's it's so all wait, wait, wait. It.
0: since 2011 you haven't I've you not did played. all that yeah you did all that and then there's been this 12 there's year been gap. This gap
1: i'm, I'm not now. I ride my bike. I ride the peloton. Yeah. I
0: love cycling. Go cat skiing. skiing I go cat your, skiing. skiing with your cats. Yeah, yeah you exactly. Yeah. yeah, all right. But
1: uh, I will, yeah. I will jump back in the ring yes. for a, a couple games this summer. So, but I don't, I don't play actively, and some of that's just priorities and yeah, time. I right hear yeah. But for mentors, I mean, yeah. there are many in in that space. But in the work world, um, this one is. It, the list is long, but uh, the the key people are key. Um, I, I I literally have to start with Chris Overholt. My I would have said current boss a month ago. Um, I yeah. joined Chris in 2010. He came back from Miami Dolphins previously, Panthers, Raptors. He came back to run the Olympic Committee in Canada, and um, I hired me coming out of the Vancouver That's right. Games. You had a
0: stint at the COC. That's yeah. right.
1: So long stint, four years, two games. Sochi, uh, London and Sochi. Chris is a true visionary. He is an eternal optimist. He people want to be led by Chris. He is driven to succeed. He's he's charismatic for. But most importantly for me, he's deeply empowering. I remember uh-huh. in 2010, we'd walk into George Cope's office. I've already mentioned him at Bell. We'd walk into at that time, um, you know, senior offices at RBC, at Tech, at Bombardier. And Chris would say, I've come back to Canada. And I asked people who to hire and they pointed me to Alison Walker mm-hmm. and he would he would literally lift me up, mm-hmm. set my career trajectory and we'd walk out of the room and he'd say, you know, get to work. And I would work my tail off, as we all would, to basically live up to that reputation. I mean, it's such a powerful way to lead. Um, he's very when he asked me to join Overactive Media, we we talked for a long time about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you need good people to lead commercial and business operations, and that's what I went in to do. And he challenged me to focus my career on continuous progression, um, being staying relevant. How are you going to stay relevant? All these younger generations are coming up um, and having an impact, and we've certainly done all of those. So, wow. Chris, uh, Chris, would no, Chris, I'm very proud of him. He's um, he's just started a role at at msg at madison square garden leading their commercial um properties with our old friend dave hopkinson and he's gonna kill it in the in the biggest market in the world some would argue and um and i'm gonna miss him but i'm really happy for him and and it's just fabulous so this is one Uh marion turk is another a fellow kingstonian we're very proud of our roots in kingston um she's always been a champion for women she's been a champion for me She's extremely strategic. She's had roles at the highest level of sport. The first female COO of the NFL. I mean, that takes so much in so many ways. Um, And her perspective on opportunities is is really so valuable. She's always pushing the limits for everyone, but certainly for women. So So that's been invaluable. And I still talk to her often these days. Uh, And the third, I would say, is Stacey Allister. Stacey's a true pioneer in so many we ways. We have to start
0: p- uh, charging Stacey. I she gets know. mentioned on this uh, too often. Now, I was just going to
1: say that she is a mentor to everybody, particularly yeah. Canadians. I'm sure in the States, she does the same. She is a change maker and 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 puts herself out there and, and risks all to make change for good. Um, my story with Stacey is at one of the Five to Watch events. It was 2011. Chris said hey, stay out of Stacey. She's, um, she's the keynote speaker. And I talked to her and she handed me her card and said, hey, if you ever need mm. anything. And I spent about a month writing a letter to her explaining all the reasons I felt her mentoring me would be beneficial to her. The obvious wow. was clear. And I go back to that sometimes because- Are you just
0: I... a slow writer? Is that why it took <laughs> yeah, exactly. a month?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Every day I'd write a word. Um, yeah. Mark Twain, you know, it took time. <laughs> takes time to write a shorter letter. Um and so she's been with me through the journey, through through from Chris. I went, of course, to MLSE, had a chance to work for Tim Lewicky, which was which was both fabulous wow. and highly challenging. I, I ran the network, but I was challenged with um, implementing a digital fan engagement strategy, an enterprise fan engagement strategy. And that is true change management. Um, I had great colleagues there, and and yet the challenge of aggregating disparate data sets that have been piled on top of each other for years. To achieve that that coveted single view of the fan. That was not without its challenge for sure. Mm. And um, you know, having people like Stacy and Mary Man was actually on the board at that time. But uh yeah, so and the last thing I just need to say about mentors is literally all of my peers in the industry. And I'm I'm sure we'd get to this sort of what do you do in your spare time? But uh Lori Capron is the leader of our, our women in sports and events wise chapter board. She and my fellow board members are amazing. Please look it up; it's a it's yes. a great organization. If you're not a part, Natalie Cook and the women around the table of the commercial uh, women's commercialization Sport advisory with CWS and Allison and the gang. Um, Sherry Bradish is a true connector in our industry. She's mm. got she created something called the Loretta Lunch um, mm. around her her work and her grant through the Loretta Rogers Fund. Uh, mm. Mary to Polly Andrea Shaw, Thayer Lavial. There's so many. Oh I mean, there are a lot of women there that, but but, you know, women fuel each other. So Love I could it. keep going, but we should no, probably no. pause on the yeah. mentor piece,
0: yeah, no, that's so well said. Um, and then, so why, you know, why did you, and we're going to talk about whys, right? and your mm-hmm. women and your work in general, uh, building, you know, uh, you know uh, women in sport and working with women in sport and and uh, being a leader there, um, but overactive uh, eSports. what you you said you, you know, Chris hired you there. What led to that move?
1: Yeah. so <clears throat> this one was really, I am truly a student of business and life, I guess. and I do love to continue to learn while simultaneously. Having an impact. I don't uh, necessarily just want to keep learning. I I want to make a difference and have change. and And I really felt like I had uh, many great years at Bell Media, leading all the brand partnerships teams, and felt like I sort of had um, had my impact and set the right process and had great teams. And so this opportunity to try something entirely different in, as I'd said before, new industry. Now, we the for overactive media, we're very focused on franchise teams. So we were truly emulating traditional sport franchise oh. leagues. So we're taking all of our experience in sports and media and applying it to a newer industry. Um, clearly, the audience is Gen Z. I mean, there's no doubt it's Gen Z millennial, it's younger audiences. There is no denying whether us in our generation understand esports or gaming. There's no denying that it is pervasive globally the playing of video games and then the the watching of consuming, of engaging with all things related to competitive gaming, streaming, all of it. And so I knew nothing about that world. I did a lot of research. Obviously, the publishers hold a lot of power. They are the uh-huh. IP owners, which is slightly different than sport. Um, I wanted to make sure that these games weren't just going to disappear and all of a sudden the entire model falls. But the building sustainable business models is so interesting when you have a franchise model. the you're participating in two sides of the revenue um, generating stream. you've got you've got enterprise growth of the league, and they're responsible, of course, for global media rights, global sponsorships. And then you've got the enterprise growth of your own operation that is locally based that is um, obviously endeavoring to build strong brands and engagement. and, 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 and wouldn't
0: you wouldn't you liken that to in a soft way? The NHL has exactly to, grow, the and then the Leafs uh, would would be exactly there. Yeah, the same. yeah, yeah, yeah. We
1: we gratuitously compare ourselves to Maple Leaf Sports, MSG, and yeah. others because sure. you know we have a great slide in our investor deck that talks about you have teams, you have leagues and teams. You are our content producers at the heart of everything you do. You talked about storytelling. That's what we do. We're in the venue business. We're building a new venue south of BMO Field that will be a performance venue a home for esports yes and a 7000 seat performance venue because there's there's room for that in this marketplace the fourth largest marketplace in North America you've got Scotiabank Arena and then you've got all the others Messi Hall uh, Madami there are 2500 seats with the exception of Bud Stage there's nothing in the middle and there mm. are a lot of acts that want to come and there are a lot and this will be modular and it will be state of the art and so we're in all of those businesses we're in the live events business and so um it's building a new MLSE. That was really exciting. And the last thing is we we suspected we'd probably take the company public. And from a fundamental standpoint, that was fascinating for me. I've never gone through an IPO. Yeah. I now have. I have grayer hair. But <laughs> um, those experiences, you can't pay for those experiences. You, you literally need to live through them. And we had an amazing team doing all those things. And here we are today. So, so... I'm very happy I did it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. And it's a, you know, globally recognized entertainment organization that happens to ply its trade in in the world of eSports. But I think it's just truly it's all forms of, as you say, you're branching out diversifying performance venue, building it from the ground up has to be a fascinating exercise. You talk about experience with IPOs, but the experience of of venue Uh, creation and then being able to integrate and we'll talk about that shortly partners from the ground up in that venue is is not many people get a chance to do that like you often try you've got a built venue and 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 you try and and put some partners into it but to do it from the beginning is such a cool opportunity um absolutely so So as chief commercial officer, um, talk about kind of your, what's a a typical day week uh, look like for Allison Walker?
1: Wow, tricky to answer that question, no typical. We have um, our operation here in Toronto, and then we also have teams in Madrid and Berlin. And so uh, it's a mix. Sometimes it starts very early in the morning because they're up. Mm-hmm. you know, for a couple of weeks in the spring, it's five hours difference. Now it's six hours difference. It always drinks mm-hmm. us up. Um, but I would say that uh, the focus is we have, we have great team leads. And so the focus for me is, is truly ensuring that our operation is moving forward. And so um, we, we talk a lot to our league leaders um, just like all the other leagues. We've got team Bo, We've got a central group that we deal with. There's a lot of stuff happening. We have live events coming up. So that's happening we're continuously sort of negotiating and discussing business models around the revenue share. All of that's very interesting. And then you switch your head to, as you said, sort of corporate partner related initiatives. Tyler Keenan on our team is a fabulous leader of, yeah, of corporate great. partnerships. And um, so he and his team are, are, have that well in hand. Um, but certainly there are, there are always contractual um, related things that we're dealing with and um, uh, from a lot of PR and IR, so looking at different stakeholders, how are we continuing to tell our story? We are public, so on a mm. quarterly basis, we're telling our story. So we seem to be preparing for board meetings and analyst calls all the time, um, making sure that we're we're announcing and sharing both on socials to our fans, from a PR standpoint but to our... But your internal
0: stakeholders yeah. as well. And yeah, and then from
1: an IR perspective to investors. It's a, it yeah. a multiple stakeholders really interesting and complex. Um and then I would say people, it's, uh, yes. you know, I'm sure everybody says the same to you, but trying to ensure that you truly are living your values and 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 have a positive and empowering culture while we're going through such a hard time in the world around us and um, making sure that everybody's productive and coming into the office sometimes, but maybe not all the time. And so we have hybrid and um, trying to continue to keep people motivated. We we have, of course, had changed like everybody, but we've had a lot of people with us for a long time, which mm-hmm. means you need to keep them motivated. Their their institutional knowledge is so valuable and they everybody on our team is an A player, there is just no doubt. So it's And, a, and it's, it's got to be a young mix. team,
0: right? It's got to be a relatively young it team. It is a
1: relatively young team. It's, and that's um, a
0: group that's been with this past few years we've gone through is a tricky group to manage their productivity, their emotions, their you know the the Absolutely. ups and downs, right? I'm yeah. sure that's been a challenge. I do find
1: you know openness to to hear their voices, of course, but also yeah. ownership of things. You know, it's really important that everybody mm-hmm. owns things and that they feel a part of of our successes. Um, there's a lot yeah. of recognition that happens in our organization because we are achieving so much on a daily basis. Um, we, I mean, just as an aside uh, for Call of Duty and Overwatch here in North America. We are compared to our peers, or the other teams. In many cases, in, in every case, we bat above our weight class. There are organizations and brands that have been around, brands that people may know. Listener depends who's listening. Phase, 100 Thieves, Optic. These are yes. these are brands that transcend esports. These are now global lifestyle brands, and we are ahead of them in in many cases, or some of them, in revenue generation from a sponsorship standpoint, from a merchandise standpoint in-game skins, that's a big part of of esports and video games, followers, engagement. I mean, our team is amazing given we came out of nowhere. We're in Toronto, so we've got the same kind of situation as the Raptors and the Jays being north of the border. We need a bit of a northern swagger. So it's been some pretty amazing work and and successes. And uh, we actually won the SMA um, uh, Brand of the Year Awards two years ago, I want to say, yeah. um, for Toronto Ultra, our Call of Duty team and brand, which was a big uh, big moment, mostly yeah, for those that. around us who uh, yeah. who now see us as sort of on par with what they're doing.
0: Do you get involved in in your role at all in the, because, you know, again, if we go back to the analogy or tying it to traditional sports, you've got people who work on the performance side, mm-hmm. and then you've got them on the pure business side. And um, I see, obviously, all the work you do on the business side. Do you have any kind of what? How do you kind of bob in and out, or weave, or or have any um, oversight of uh, the general managers and the teams? Mm-hmm. You know, great question. Uh, the competitive the competitive side of the esports business.
1: It's a great question. So to date, we've we've actually kept them separate yet integrated. Of course, I mean we we are doing content shoots all the time. We need our players understanding that all the work we do on live events is with and for them. The teams are always at the heart of everything we do, yet the performance, the operations and the performance of our teams, coaches, teams, that physical fitness, mental fitness, dietary has been run by my colleague, Adam Adam Adamu, who's actually our co-founder. With Chris's transition, Adam is now um, our interim CEO, and I um, am... de facto sort of going to be leading the whole organization from an operational standpoint. And so it's shifting a little bit, but we have great people on the performance yeah. and operations you side as well, on, but the yeah. integration is critical. They're not two separate things, which I would say, given my experience at MLC is the same there. The, the MLC marketing partnerships teams are very integrated with Masai and, and Brendan's teams. And um, so integration is critical. Um, but I'm not, certainly not re- responsible for the performance mm-hmm. or the operations of the, the players and the coaches.
0: Yeah. Thank goodness. To date. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Eh? Like the team, Allison Walker leading the uh, Call of Duty. You know. Uh, <laughs> Um, i know a lot but, more no, now
1: than i did i was gonna say i was just ago. gonna say
0: trust me yeah if you once you set your mind to something oh, yeah. uh, it's uh, it will turn to gold um <laughs> no but that's cool that's cool um so talk about corporate partnerships um uh, you know i was hinting at that uh, a little bit ago the you know when you build a venue especially now you had partnerships already before the venue was announced but um so i'll leave it open ended what mm-hmm. you want to shine a light on but at its heart this is really a, a show about um partnership marketing and sponsorship marketing and uh you guys have uh, you talk about punching above your weight right mm-hmm. um Absolutely. i don't even know if i call it that you've just punched really high punched
1: yeah for yeah, sure you punched i have to speak of bell first because bell um yeah. themselves the group at at bell they identified early obviously that the young consumer, the young online consumer is extremely uh, valuable and coveted to them. And so I know Devora and Claire Gillies and others, they they see the gamer as a key segment for them and by gamer, by extension, esports fan. And so they, before we started, um, Bell was already in the esports space and really strategically aligned themselves given their, their products and services. So I'll give them a lot of credit. They have invested deeply into again the broad-based gaming and esports sports space. They are our founding partner. They are a both an equity partner and a sponsor, um, and have been have been fabulous to work with. And I would say it's it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, I'll talk high level. Our teams, the amount of data and detail and results and and ROI driving documents that go back and forth is is. Impressive uh, in the amount of activity the teams are doing, but from a high-level perspective, um, I would say very mutually uh, beneficial. Now you'll see on socials, gamers and streamers will literally talk about the Bell Five advantage because they believe that if you're on a Bell Five network, you are superior from a competitive standpoint. Um, That's amazing. I mean, talk about attribution—that is amazing—and and a lot of that is. Authentically engaging Bell into everything that we do and others. Again, we're not, uh, Bell partners with a number of different esports um, and, and gaming initiatives. So Bell deserves a ton of uh-huh. um, respect for identifying early and being authentically engaged with the fans of gaming and esports. I would say Red Bull, of course. Red Bull is uh-huh. um, more endemic, as we say. Bell would be non endemic. Uh, Red Bull is more endemic, I suppose, the definition is. Of endemic is you know do you were they around at the start and do you need it to to game so headsets and mice and uh, keyboards and things yeah one could argue Red Bull goes in that category given that there's been a lot of Red Bull consumption through gaming and and esports Um, but but like Bell they're quite very intentional they know they they have a strategy they have objectives that makes it a lot easier as a property to really deliver against that. If you know what they're trying to achieve and our teams work very hard to do that. We are deeply integrated. Bell, um, Red Bull came along and as did Bell, as did TD and invested in our current headquarters, 15,000 square feet in Liberty village and has a Red Bull studio that we both use on a daily basis. Red Bull hosts, I would say they're there. It, it is one of many, not many, one of their, mm-hmm. Um, locations where they do things, but they do a lot of different esports, gaming, broadcasts, tournaments, events uh, in the Red Bull studio. And we are really integrated with them in that way. And it's cool. It's really cool. It's a place that people want to come to to hang out, be in the ecosystem. Um, so building together, everything is about togetherness. I mean, gone are the days. One of the things that I think about, I think about the Olympic Committee with respect to our predecessors was. The partners pre-Vancouver Games were being sold the rings to associate with here, put the yeah. rings on things. Post-Vancouver Games, and all kudos to everybody involved in Vancouver Games, we were really creating platforms and opportunities that transcended sports. You're associating with health and wellness. You're associating with, yes. you know, coaching and bettering communities. Your yeah. innovation. Programs. Programs, Programs and platforms. Programs and activations. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what I'd say those partners have done. The third one, TD, obviously these are our largest partners here. TD, it takes a lot of courage as a traditional FI to come along and jump in. And they jumped into Overwatch, which is um, a game that is much more fantasy and a little less obviously gun-oriented. But they very quickly came around. The research is very helpful on Call of Duty. Call of Duty is an entertainment platform. It is a game where people play. They're not they're largely not angry people who are going to go and cause damage in society. they are it's there for community mm-hmm. building. and um and so they've jumped in um, really to, as they do with all their sponsorship properties, really to benefit the fan. Um And so again, so much hard work and evaluation. I would argue that the the amount we have to invest in research and the amount we have to focus on delivering against objectives and roi and 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 coming back to that, not to mention, we're public now. We follow IFRS accounting standards, so you actually have to be so so prescribed about revenue recognition. It's um there's a lot of work that's behind uh, all the all the things. And then we're really focused. I'll give Maddie McGlynn credit. He came into our organization and really started focusing on fundamental marketing. Yeah, you've got work. a lot
0: of real, real B team there, eh? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. We, like don't like ty- B's. Weak, we don't weak, like these. Weak talent. Yeah. We Matt like A's. McGlynn, Tyler Keenan.
1: Alison Walker, like what
0: is? Uh, yeah, the talent there is exceptional. It's, it yeah.
1: is. I'm, yeah, I I'm lucky to to be with them on a daily basis. Yeah. So we we think about the funnel: awareness, consideration, conversion. We have partners like Zillica, a blockchain partner in in Europe that's focused on awareness because, of course, nobody knew what Zillica was a couple of years ago. Two percent uh, awareness, I think, was the the first year we were with them. Consideration, Nobis, Nobis as a premium brand in a, an industry that wasn't necessarily premium to begin. DoorDash.
0: Novus. Clothing, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah.
1: DoorDash yeah. with conversion. People
0: like me know what it is. I'm you just know. saying for the, for the listeners, you know, Yeah, Novus. yeah. Yes, well, yes. you know,
1: Novus jackets don't come cheap. So no, that's, they a, don't. Yeah. that's an investment and a, uh, you yeah. really have to do the price per wear calculation on a Novus jacket, but uh, well worth it. I own yes, a couple great Novus jackets. And we did a recent um, engagement with DoorDash that was, you know, purely conversion based, acquisition based, and so I could go on and on. But the yeah. um, the partnership partners. piece of it's just been just been fabulous. Yeah.
0: And and just picking on Red Bull for a second, uh, what what I see clearly when I think about, you know, the foundation of partnerships, and you talk about ROO ROI, is at their heart, OK, they are a, obviously a beverage company, but but their true magic is in content and, and experiences and, and experiences. Exactly. So content and experiences. And I could see the natural what I call connective tissue between mm-hmm. an o- overactive and a Red Bull is we come together, create these places where we can create content and provide experiences and um you know that's uh, you know that's the foundation right of any great partnership and then with Bell obviously I agree like as as the carriers all moved into this 5G world what better you know and and fiber uh you know uh, it's it's what better platform or what better world than gaming exactly to showcase that and uh, with the reduced latency and all these sorts of things so uh, i love i love listening to partnerships and then thinking what is that connective true mm-hmm. connective tissue so um, very very cool um uh, what excites you what what's uh, you know the venue so talk about that what's what's where are we with that
1: yeah the venue is very exciting the venue is um, approvals are are completed, so that's great. Bob Hunter, another oh, A lister, um, has yeah. been the the lead on that that project. Um, and we are for literally... those who don't
0: know, Bob was very instrumental in the current Scotia Bank Arena yeah. uh, development. BMO Field, Beemo yeah, Field. absolutely, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah he's a fabulous man. He um uh, so we are at the point where literally agreements are being signed with key. Partners, as you can imagine in venues, there are key partners. Um, uh-huh. no question that supply chain and pricing and inflation um, has meant going back to the budget, the PL a number of different times, design tweaks to make sure that everybody can afford this this venue. Um, but we expect to be shoveling the ground you know, towards the end of this year, uh, once all of that sort of wow. gets finalized. So it's happening. Now, again, it depends who you ask how long it takes to build a venue, um, but certainly it could be 24 to 30 months um, to yeah. build that venue, but um, shoveling and grant and, and from a sponsor perspective, we have not. We have definitely started our work on the naming rights and the partnership side of it, um, but we are not in market yet. And um, the good news is uh, some folks are chomping at the bit. And oh. as soon as we can be ready, we're, we're out in market and we're obviously building a, a very strong case for um, association with the newest venue there, uh, we're working with our partners at Navigate who've shared that uh, there are very few naming rights opportunities to come in, in yeah. the Canadian ecosystem. And so this will be a really important one.
0: Yeah, the pressure on all sides to knock that one out of the park. But I, but you're right, you've got such, you check all the boxes. And I love what you just said about, you know, we, we really, really, this was one of my favorite parts of our experience with the uh, 2010 games is it was such a gargantuan task taking place in February of 2010. But the work that started in mm-hmm. 2008, you know, even maybe a little bit before that to get ready and build a go-to-market strategy and message. And uh, you can't just show up, you know, at people's doors. Uh, to You've got to really be thoughtful. And uh, so I'm sure that that work is is. Is, is a lot of work, but kind of cool work, right? For sure. You guys are doing You together, and I right? will
1: never forget Stefan Macchio and Believe. <laughs> Talk about work going into the yeah. 2010 games.
0: Oh, and he came oh. in and played a few of those different strings, and, and it was amazing. That was a moment. Yeah. That was Don't a make moment. me, we will spare the listeners uh, no breaking into song uh, uh, here. I think I've got the CD somewhere. Oh, That's really? us uh, look that up, uh, people. It's a compact disc. There's
1: no CD player. Yeah, just no
0: CD player, exactly. Um, uh, all right. Other things that yeah. excite me yeah. quickly. Um, yeah. You know
1: what? Industry consolidation and sort of emergency of true industry leaders excites me. And I think that will happen as we come out of this down market period. Um, it's it's a natural evolution in any industry. There were a lot of people who jumped in and a lot of money that came into esports. And I think a natural culling of those that are serious about it and the, those that are good business Fundamentals uh, people will will emerge. So I do think oh. that's exciting. I think we'll be one of those those folks. Um, the emergence of women and the growth of women in esports, no question. At the pro levels, like everywhere else, we there's work to do. There's a lot of work to do at the at the grassroots levels, building programs, empowering, supporting, investing in women. That excites me. We're we're undergoing some work right now with the collective, the Wasserman Group, and just launched an all women's team in Spain this week. It's oh. uh, it's awesome. And then just the overall evolution of streaming, co-streaming, influencers, broadcast, it is a, it's a—it's such an interesting world. Uh, it's all very hard to figure out as whether you're a property, a brand, to grow audience because influencers in and of themselves obviously have deep reach but are very expensive to associate with. So how do you create sustainable business models and and create an, uh, growth in your reach? That's that's a hard question to answer today and we're right in the middle of it. So. That's all very exciting as we test and learn and invest and those things yeah. all are exciting.
0: Well, you're in a great sector too, uh, you know, in terms of testing, learning, innovation. You know, uh, absolutely. And and you know that whole part about uh, you talked about uh, women in in esports. Um, yeah, like it's it's I don't think it's a competence thing. It's no. a it maybe just just opportunity and, and confidence. For sure, Um, changing
1: gender stereotypes too early on, you know, it's it's the same argument with the STEM pursuits. If uh, young women aren't given opportunity, then or supported, then you know you're not going to see them grow in the uh, up to the pro levels. So good transition.
0: Good transition into like talk about you know your your work and uh, your focus on the advancement of women in sports. You're certainly one of the leaders there. I see so much of your. Activity and uh, on on LinkedIn, but uh, yeah, just just floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I
1: mean it's it's such it's just such a passion for mm. me because I do believe that um, it goes back to my sport background. I, I see young women ages, and there are stats about this, but somewhere between ten and fourteen, who select self select themselves out of sport because they're intimidated or they don't know the stats or they have body image issues or. Um, And so not that everyone needs to be in sport, but that's that's sad to me. That reduces opportunity when I would uh, play and lead my teammates in ultimate Frisbee. When I was playing, we were coach and player. And now because years have passed, people have now graduated and are now coaches, which is amazing. But many women were simply just intimidated to go to the gym like they don't they didn't know how to do a bicep curl or a bench press. And I had gone to McGill. We'd done a lot of gym workouts. I was comfortable in that space. I would just take groups of women to the gym and say, hmm. literally walk in, go to this, 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 this. Here's your program. Let's go. Let's do it. And it, that's as easy as it was for them to next time go in. And I just remind them that the dude over there lifting 400 pounds, like, A, he doesn't care what you're doing and B, just, it doesn't matter. And so those little things, I translate that into the workplace. Um, Women still to this day will say, "It will come in and say, you know, I'm sorry, but I need to ask for more money or something. And I'll say, let's back it up. (laughs) Don't say sorry. Let's practice this. Or I had a, a, a talented young woman who was with us for years and was amazing move on recently. And she called me and said, I'm sorry, but I'm resigning." And I said, hold on let's back it up you why are you sorry you owe us absolutely not and so the men and women are different and all genders along the spectrum we're all different and um, because I'm a woman I'm very passionate about supporting but not just supporting this is a good segue to wise we sat in a room a bunch of amazing overachieving amazing women on the wise board and did some work, strategic work around what, what is our purpose? What are we trying to do here? And honed in on, there's lots to do, but honed in on the level that is, you know, we talk about the glass floor, the glass ceiling. I heard recently the glass cliff, there are a lot of glasses <laughs> um, for women. Uh, the glass cliff is, you know, everything has gone to shambles. I won't give examples. And then, you know, you call in a woman to fix it. Uh, and that's the glass cliff. because gotcha. So um <laughs> the our focus at, at wise is really to create a powerful network and support system and tools for women who are at that arbitrary sort of director senior manager level trying to get to the executive level we're never going to have women on boards if we don't have women at the c suite if we're not going to have women at c suite if they can't get to the executive level I love that. and so what do we need to do and so this group of women is uh, just amazing and spectacular and i think we all just get chills when we're on calls together the same would be said for the um, sport advisory, the commercial sport advisory that Natalie Cook and Allison from CWS and others created. I'm just very lucky that I get invited into those conversations because I care, and that and that the momentum is 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 strong right now. You're going to see a lot in this next two months between Wise events. Some announcements around commercial Yeah, like what's
0: what's coming up? Like with Wise, like what are We've got what are the manifestations? Yeah. Touch yeah,
1: points. we we are very oriented around event. We've got an amazing mentorship program. We do online events. Our in-person events are obviously critical, bringing everyone together, the network. Um, we have an event on April 11th coming up where we're showcasing our good friends, um, Kim and Ashley from Canadian Tire, who have oh. literally had the courage to pronounce that 50 percent of their sponsorship dollars will be directed to women. And so we're taking a moment to not just celebrate, but learn and engage in that conversation on the 11th. You're going to and no doubt
0: inspire others. I'm sure to do the same. Yeah. A
1: few weeks later, you're going to see um, our commercial sport advisory is going to be releasing our white paper on the commercialization of women's sport in Canada. So we're trying to create tools. We're trying to change the conversation from oh, there are no fans of women's sport, or oh, it's not a good investment for me. Right. The ROI is not there. We're trying to change that conversation and create tangible tools and research and an ability to draw attribution and ROI to women's sport. Then a few weeks later, my friend Andrea Shaw is leading ESPNW here for the first time. And then, of course, the next day is the WNBA game that many of my hmm. good friends from Leah McNabb. That's going to be Teresa. such a
0: celebration, isn't it's it? It's
1: just a great, I just, the next two yeah. months are going to be amazing. And that's just the beginning, Diana Matheson and, and Project 8, all yes. of it. We need to continue to advance these things. And so I could not be more passionate about all of that. Uh, all that's of those really
0: well said. And we might bleed over a minute or two because I want to wrap with um, professional development advice. I mean, you know, there's so many people who can learn so much from you and and what 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 habits, what you lean on to be, you know, what you think are the keys to being successful.
1: Yeah, right? it's so such a again, good question. Yeah, I listen to others. It's hard to keep it short as, you, as you're no, figuring don't, out. I'm not, don't. I don't keep things short, do I? Um, I have to go back to Chris This has been such
0: an amazing, like, just, just, uh, like, there's, in terms of, yeah, it is fun. I always like to say
1: this isn't about Alison Walker. This is just about the experiences I have been afforded, and I've obviously worked hard along the way. It's not about me, because nobody really likes, especially women, to talk about themselves, but it is about the experiences, and we learn from each other, and, of course, acknowledging my peers. Uh, Chris Overholt always said, do something once a week for your career. Uh, and I'll Mm. never forget it, and I share it with many. And that could be reading an article. It could be having a coffee. It could literally be taking a walk and sitting in a park and thinking for a minute, which is hard to do these days, going to a conference, uh, applying for a job, all of it. Um, Do something for your career. I remember actually interviewing someone for the Canadian Olympic Foundation leader position, and I asked, she was in a great job. I said, why are you even applying for this? And she said, "When when I qualify an opportunity, and I think it's worth talking about I take I go and I talk about it because nine times out of 10 99 times out of 100 I realize that I'm in the right job for me today Um, and so that was really really interesting (laughs) Um, I've always said be good at what you do people always ask how do I get into sports it's not being good at sports I remember the Olympic committee people come and say you know I really love the Olympics and I said well Turns out sort of all Canadians because they watched. So be really good at what you do. Be good in finance. Be good in PR. Be good in partnerships. Work hard. I happen to believe the hardest working and, and smartest working and not just work hard. People succeed. I have a one of the greatest things about Frisbee for me, my legacy, is that a lot of the sayings I made up that made no sense in the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> getting said, and one of them was win it with your legs. I always used to say win it with your legs, and we'd be tired at the end of four days.
0: That's great. When it
1: like you got to keep those legs moving, right? Let's go, let's go, let's yeah. go. So um, a positive attitude number three for me is
0: mm.
1: I and I read an article recently about toxic positivity, and I was sort of like, okay, hey, this is confusing. I'm not telling people to f- that they have to pretend they're happy. I'm saying look at the glass half full. Um, mm-hmm. Make sure that you know we are all everybody in this industry, everybody that we're surrounded. We are so 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 lucky, and you know many many fighting battles of their own internally at home, whatever it is. We all have challenges, but yeah, glass half full and solutions oriented. I've uh, you know Chris Amen. was really good at teaching us that. But don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with here here is the problem. Here are some options, and here's the solution. I've, um, most people do that, but I, I sometimes will get, Hey, I've got a problem and I'll, you know, you're just transferring. Take a number, take <laughs> yeah. a
0: number. We all got problems. Give and then the I'll,
1: I'll end where we started, which is, you know, be interesting and be a storyteller. So that experience phase for me, the traveling the, the, the cool things I got to do, the things I try and still do when I'm sitting in a boardroom or hosting somebody at a game or at a dinner, I'm not talking about the work I'm doing day to day. I'm talking about, I'm always up to speed on current events. I'm always up to speed on what's going on in the sports world, obviously, but I'm telling interesting stories about myself for others. My mom is 75 and did the tour de France, the whole tour de France two years ago. That's an interesting story. And then you jump into things. And so be interesting and, and, um, tell stories, you know, you, as much as we work all the time I and mean, we need to do other things too. Oh so. boy, do Those I love that advice.
0: last one. Yeah. I didn't love any of the others. I thought they were, were, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but that last one, um, you yeah, know, because I agree, I think at the end of the day, our ability to connect with people and you connect through just shared experiences and telling stories and reminding ourselves we're not here saving lives, right? That's and, right. uh, people like dealing with people they like. So, exactly, you know, but uh, such great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm going to have a tough time with this one because I always have to go back and re-listen and pluck out some insights. And uh, uh, you've delivered a ton. So thank you so much Terrific. for taking time and uh, doing thank this. Thank you,
1: Gavin. Really such a pleasure, friend, colleague. Um, <laughs> I, I really I love it. And I hope that it's helpful for others. And uh, certainly all of your other episodes have been Uh, very helpful for me. So I look forward to listening. Thanks. Take care.